What's up? What's up? What's up? Niggas and niggas and white people and black people and yellow people and all people around the world. I'm your favorite funny girl comedian, Judge Miles. And you already know that when the judge is in, the verdict is out. That's right. I have my very own podcast, Everything Done by a Black Woman. And tonight we got some things to talk about. We're talking about the New Testament versus the Old Testament. We're talking about are you a Ruth or are you a Delilah? We're talking to the author and preacher, my man, my man, my man, about what is an alpha man. We hear this all the time. But what is an alpha man? We're getting into those things. I want to know what your verdict is make sure you guys lock in 313-753-2696 call on in I need my jurors to help me deliberate on this verdict you guys so I really need you guys to be interactive tonight we're talking about some controversial things but it's gonna be super super exciting you already know that we are sponsored by none other than girls gone fit girls gone fit where you celebrate health and fitness with a party. That's right. We are every single Monday at the BAM studio. If you guys want to get in contact with me, come work out with me, please do so. Uh, it, in addition to that, if you guys want to follow me, I am on all social media platforms under Comedian Judge Miles. Subscribe to my YouTube as well as drop a cash app if you guys like the content for tonight. All right, y'all, without further ado, I got to give you that PSA. Okay. We are back. We are back. We are back. Uh, we, the PSA, I can see, as you guys can see, my baby is here with us. The PSA right now is that this is a um, podcast for mature adults only. Individuals who get their panties in a bunch, this podcast may not be for you. Um, I'm asking that if you are not able to agree to disagree to please log off tonight, we will tell our truth. We are not homophobic, nor are we uh, going to condone any acts of violence, but we will tell our truth. And you know who I got here. I have none other than Mr. Kyrie. Clap it up for my baby. Clap it up. Clap it up. Clap it up. That's right. He is an author. He is a preacher. He is my man, my man, my man. And we have him on tonight because we want to talk about some things. We really do want to get into this. And um, we need a specialist. We need someone who has expertise in a lot of these topics. But before we get into that, we have to talk about dumb shit. Dumb shit, you know about it. That's our first subject of the night. Dumb shit, we we hear about dumb shit all the time. We see dumb shit. We're part of dumb shit. And this is nothing different. And tonight we have Mr. Kyrie on to talk to us about dumb shit. How you feel about this segment? Hey, what's up, podcast world? There's a lot of dumb shit going on out here, and we're here to talk about it. So hopefully y'all get something out of what we talk about. You ready? Let's get it. You ready? All right. I'm so excited to have my baby on here tonight. It's such a pleasure. So we're just going to go right into the first dumb shit. I think it's necessary to do so. 
What you think about this? You guys can call in at any time, 313-753-2696. I want to know what you think about this dumb shit right here. They say that the baby is about four years old. Four years old. We want to know what you guys think about this right here. Uh, call on in, 313-753-2696. Baby, what you think? What's going on here? <coughs> She 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 want attention, man. She want attention, man. I think so it, too. It's it's no reason why she should be popping out a titty and letting her baby suck on her titty in public like that. In the grocery aisle. That shit is stupid. In the frozen. Why do I gotta be trying to get me some broccoli going into the frozen aisle? And here she go with them long ass titties. I'm about to say that then her titty look like a boot. <laughs> <laughs> but but they say your titties get long like that and drawn out when you have a child though. So I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not shading her or anything, but I just feel like the proper thing to do, first of all, is not to be recording it on social media. Right, right. Second of all, second of all, it looks a little disturbing to me. It looks disturbing. It looks it looks I don't know why, but it looks like sexual from her end, not from the baby end. Right, the baby's right. trying to get some milk. He's trying to get his food. He's trying to get his source. But on her end, it just looks sexual and it looks like something is inappropriate. Yeah, why she don't have a towel on? Don't mothers <clears throat> normally wear towels? Right, they they got that wrap where they uh put around their breast, uh, cover their baby head, uh, and they breastfeed them. Uh, the reality of the matter is because she's a woman, uh -huh. she she won't get in type of trouble that men are getting. If we pull our stuff out and, and pee, they want to put us on the sex uh offender list. Right. So what's the difference with putting the titty out? Well, you know, many people will argue that. This is a woman's right. They will argue that we have to feed our children and we're not going to cover up our titty. This is natural. And a lot of women don't feel like this woman is doing anything wrong at all. It's natural for me to pull my stuff out of pee if I got to go to the bathroom. Ain't that natural? Going to the bathroom, ain't that natural? That's natural. All right. So but it would be inappropriate if you pulled your dick out in aisle two at Kroger's. I mean, you ain't going to do it in aisle two because there ain't nowhere, you know. But outside? Yeah. What's the difference? So, in your personal opinion, what is your verdict? She want attention. She's trying to get followers. Uh, She's trying to get attention to build herself up. That's, that's the way I see it. That's the way he see it, y'all. I need y'all to call in. 313-753-2696. Make sure you guys call in. Tonight we have a special, special, special episode of The Verdict. I really want to know what mothers think about this. You know, I don't have any children, and so sometimes I don't like to speak on things that I'm not privy to. But all I can see is from my perspective is that this looks inappropriate. It's not inappropriate to breastfeed your child, but it's inappropriate to me. Everything doesn't have to be public. You know what I mean? It seems like nowadays everything is public. You want to you wanna show us you breastfeeding. You want to show us every single aspect of your life. And I think that's a bit much. Another thing you got to look at it is if she's doing it in public, it's one thing. But she's recording it. Okay. She recording herself doing it. So what is that telling you? She, she wants want some attention. attention. Right. Y'all, y'all seen the dumb shit for yourselves. Now, if you thought that was bad, 
Baby, this next dumb shit don't have nothing on what you about to see. But breastfeeding my husband, I actually love the bond. It helps me out. He finishes off the job. A lot of people ask why I do it, why we do it. There's various reasons, but in all actuality, there really is nothing wrong with it. I always like to make jokes that, you know, you can drink other milks out there because you're told to, but when it's milk that... You know, it's from a person you know. It's a little weird or considered weird. Yikes. But it is because we tend to lash on things we don't understand. So that's practically the reason why I wanted to put it out there so that those who do it don't feel alone. But she said a lot of people lash on things they don't know or they don't know about. So this is this is just a natural thing. It's natural. natural. A natural liquid. Milk What's natural? <laughs> For a grown-ass man to be sucking his wife's with milk? So it's something that we do. It's a necessity. Okay, you laughing because something's sick. It's some sick shit going on. I can feel it. Okay. All right, y'all. I'm going to pause the dumb shit for a minute because a lot of times my fiance and I, we don't always agree. We have to agree to disagree. I would love to know your verdict. Now, first, let's talk about this. Let's dissect this. This is a grown man, her husband, who is sucking her titty sucking her milk out of her titty. They do this regularly. This is something that they've been doing for years. They say that this has kept the relationship strong. I want to know, husband, what you think? Listen, what 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 people do in their own bedroom, that's that's between them. Uh, I can't really uh, frown down upon it. Uh, you got to understand is, uh, from my perspective, you know, breastfeeding is for little, little babies, right? Okay. But, all at the same time, if he choose to get milk from his woman, what's the difference in getting milk from a cow? <laughs> oh, so you down for this shit? You look freaky listen, like listen, this. So you will be. So the baby, listen, the baby listen. is five years old. You, but now you didn't took over sucking my titty. No, I ain't say take over. But, but that's what he did. He listen, took over. When, when the baby sucking on the titty, all right, and you sometimes you not sucking on the titty too. <laughs> See, you nasty. See, y'all some freaks. That's some freaky, <laughs> nasty, weird-ass shit. Now, do you think that sucking on her titty made them, it say it made their relationship stronger? Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. So you don't, you don't see nothing I weird, can't, I awkward can't, listen, about that? Listen, I can't talk about, because like I always say I'm an advocate for the scripture, right? Okay. And Hebrews chapter 13 oh, said Lord. what a person does in their bedroom. That's between them. Lord. But it's not in their bedroom. They brought this to yeah, us to talk about. That's I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but me opening the fridge, getting a two-gallon <laughs> some milk. From a the, cow. From a cow. Uh-huh. All of it's pus. <laughs> what's the difference? What? I need y'all to call on in. 313-753-2696. I can't be the only one out here thinking that this is some weird shit right here. I know it's dumb shit, but this is also weird. I need you guys to call on in 313-753-2696. Is it normal for your husband to be sucking your breast milk for years after? I need you guys to call in. Is this dumb shit or is this normal? Let's listen to what they have to say. The reason why I wanted to put it out there so that those who do it don't feel alone. Like she said a lot of people lash on things they don't know or they don't know about. So this is this is just a natural thing. It's natural, natural. a natural liquid milk coming from <laughs> a human, and it's not hurting anybody. It's not hurting myself. It's not hurting her. It's hurting so me. It's just something that we do. It's a necessity. Yeah, it started off as hey. 
finished off the job. I'm in pain. I don't like breast pumps. A lot of people ask about the breast pumps as well. I don't like breastfeeding my husband. I actually love the Did you hear that? She's it been breastfeeding her husband. A lot of people I mean, you are not my child. You are my man. Why is that? Do you think that him looking like a baby came from the milk? No, nah, him looking like a baby. Well, I'm talking about his persona. Uh -huh. All right. You can tell she's the mother figure in the relationship. But she, who, why? We are not supposed I'm not here to be your mother. I'm here to be your wife. Would you agree? I agree with that. But right? all at the same time, I can't down talk him for what they do all right uh, i mean it's a lot of stuff that we do other people are frowned upon but what worked for people as long as they ain't sinning we not thing, out here talking about it either i agree with that but i'm <laughs> this is what i'm saying though you can't talk about what the next person does in their bedroom as long as they're not sinning as long as they're not committing no abomination okay then it's okay now i wouldn't be bringing it out to the public like this i mean it go back to the first dumb shit. they want attention and i, I understand where they're coming from but all at the same time, they're, they're, if real men would call in to tell the truth, there have been times when, when your woman that had a baby and you get freaky and you suck the titty, yes, milk come out. Okay, so <laughs> let me add, let me add, I'm about to go personal now. So prior to me, you did have a life, okay? You do have children. My question is, was you sucking the titty for milk for recreation? And don't lie. <laughs> for what you, with that, when you say recreation, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> come on now. Don't start acting like Bill Clinton. Yeah, I'm like, I'm I like need Bill to know. I mean, when you talk about recreation, I mean, define that. <laughs> meaning, mean, meaning you did not have a need for it. You did this on your spare time being freaky. It wasn't to help her yeah, pump. Yeah, yeah, you be freaky. You be like, oh, let me get some of that milk up out of there. So what's freaky about milk coming out of a woman's titty? Man, listen. I can't speak for everybody else, speak but for you. when I see <laughs> juices and fluid, it turns me <laughs> Y'all heard it right here. This is an exclusive from Mr. Kyrie Beckham, the author and preacher. Let me tell you something. We're going to talk about a lot of misconceptions today. People believe that because people are into the Lord, that they love the Lord, that they desire the Lord, that they're in their scripture, that you can't be freaky, that you can't have fun, that you can't live life. And so we're going to talk about that right now because I know somebody is scratching their head saying, ew, and he's supposed to be a preacher. As if you're committing a sin from sucking your wife's titty or something of that magnitude. So we're going to talk about those things. But before we get in there, make sure y'all call in 313-753-2696. We're talking about dumb shit, y'all. I'm going.
Let me know if you guys can hear us now. Can you guys hear us now? Can you guys hear us now? We're going into the next segment. We're talking about finances. This is something serious, you guys. This is something serious that we want to talk about for um, black households. If you're going to a lot of households right now, you for sure can find Gucci. You for sure can find some type of um, <coughs> designer brand, right? Timberlands, whatever. But research has shown if you go into houses right now, if somebody dropped dead, People do not have their money prepared for funerals. They do not have life insurance. Some people don't even have insurance on their vehicle. So I wanted to talk about finances, financial literacy in the black community. Um, it's imperative. Some people don't even know that you should be saving 10 to 20% of your income, okay? Some people don't even have that. Most people don't even have $500 in their bank account. I want to know what you got to say about that. Uh, this is this is this is appalling because uh, the scripture teaches us that we ought to be diligent in our business, right? Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times we we allow ourselves to get hoodwinked and bamboozled by society, uh, especially living in the social media age, right? We want to look good instead of actually being good right. all around. And and how a person handles their finances shows their spirituality. Yeah. All right. If you in debt, naturally speaking, <laughs> then you in debt spiritually. Ooh, that's good. Order the court. I agree. I agree. And um, I found that a lot of people are not teaching financial literacy <laughs> to their children, specifically because they don't have the tools and tips that they need for themselves. They're in debt, so they're in shame, so they don't talk about money. But do you know children believe that money grows on trees? Right now, <laughs> seriously, your children, they think, hey, daddy works, so daddy got it. They don't understand daddy has to pay for this, he has to pay for that, he has insurance on five different cars he has to pay for house yeah like come on right but that's because a lot of times parents aren't teaching their children but i watch you teach your children accountability financial accountability and i want you to discuss with our viewers what it is you do every saturday so that your kids can stay financially aware uh every every saturday i sit down with my kids and they got to give an account of what they did this past week uh i push them to move in a purpose so uh, for example, my daughter, she's 12 years old. She's good at drawing. Yeah. And so every Saturday I ask her, you know, what have you done with your purpose? What type of money have you made? And so I, I sit them down and make sure that they give me detail where they at with their finances, how much money they about to be making in the future, and what steps that they are doing to make more money as it relates to their purpose. And so you got to teach your kids that. Like, <clears throat> every so often, I have my kids go back to uh, the richest man in Babylon, the richest man in Babylon. And so when you ask my kids anything uh, as it relates to finances, they'll tell you, you live off 80% of whatever you make, 10% you put in your saving account, and 10% you invest in stocks. So my kids is in the midst of investing in stocks. Every time they get money, they take 10% and invest in the stocks, and they take 10% and put it into their savings account. Uh I ain't boasting, I ain't bragging, but, you know, it's sad that my kids at their age, 13 on down, got more money in their saving account than, 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 than grown-ups, adults. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. And we personally know those adults. <laughs> We're not just talking. And just in case you guys wanted to know, one of his children, his oldest daughter, 12 years old, she is responsible for the cover of Alpha Diaries, 12 years old. 
We told her what we were looking for, what we wanted, and she delivered. She is a uh, an illustrator at this point at 12 years old. And so I seen something on uh, social media where this woman, she had all of these snacks in her house, right? And in the snack containers, she had Monopoly money. Like, okay, if you want a donut, it's $5 Monopoly money, so on and so forth. And what she did was she made the children do their chores. The more chores they did, the more money she would give them with Monopoly money. And then if they wanted to buy candy, pop, juice, like kids all the time want to buy, then they had to work for it. And I thought that that was a magnificent idea because you're teaching your children responsibility. It's so many children out here that have no responsibility. Their parents are doing it all. They're not even thinking about teaching their children. I see women right now who have adult boys in the house, who have um, teenage boys in the house, and they're taking out the trash, right? So I thought that was a great idea, and I said, I'm going to start doing that because kids be hungry as hell. They always begging. They always want some shit, and so you got to work for it. What you think about that? I, I agree with that. Like, <clears throat> uh, to get back to my kids, uh, I, I got them structural. So uh, with their money, they got saving money, and they got another uh, collection where they call fun money. Okay. So when it comes to snacks or want to just buy something as it relates to fun, they, they take it out of their fun money. They never go into their saving account and take money out to do anything that's, as it relates to fun, but they go into their fun money account. And so once their fun money account runs out, they know they can't spend nothing on snacks, cakes, or whatever. Yeah. Because they had no more fun money. So you teach them how to budget. Right. All right? And if people don't like the word budgeting, we use the new term, which is, creating a spending plan, right? A lot of times people like a spending plan. So I would encourage you guys, I'm just going to drop a couple of jewels right here because I am a certified financial counselor. I do have a business which is called Financial Success Services. I have been in business since 2016. Here are a couple of jewels that I would like to drop. If you want to increase your credit score, number one, please do not spend over 30% of your credit card utilization, okay? That means that you should not be spending over 30%. I'm sure you guys know how to do 30% of 1,000 is what? Okay, very good, very good. You do not want to spend over that. So if your credit line is $1,000, you are not supposed to be going over 30% of that. Once you do so, it does drop your credit. Another thing is don't open up too many credit cards. I know a lot of times you guys go into the malls and they're like, hey, if you open up this credit card right now, you get 10% off, you get 5% off. That stuff is minuscule compared to the hard hit that you're going to receive on your credit report. So watch how many credit cards that you open up. Also, if you have credit cards already open, do not close them. When you close your credit cards, that also drops your credit score as well. And then make sure that you guys put up 10 to 20%. We would prefer you to put up 20% because right now we're in a recession. They have not really proclaim that we're in a recession, but we can feel it. Prices are high um, and people aren't getting paid that much money. However, it's time to start thinking about yourself, putting yourself first and thinking about your family and your legacy. All right, you guys. So when we talk about finances, people drop off. We're going to get right into the next segment of the verdict. And this segment of the verdict, I'm telling you, it is juicy than a motherfucker. I'm talking about juicy, juicy, honey. We is ready to talk to the author and pow, 
preacher, Mr. Kyrie Beckham, my man, my man, my man, my man. My man just dropped his first book July 18th. It is entitled Alpha Diaries. We are in Barnes and Noble. We are also on Amazon and it has been going great thus far. We've sold about 600 books, which is great for us to be doing it by ourselves, right? We don't have any real help besides your support, and it's doing wonderful. People want to know, Mr. Beckham, is this book just for men? Uh, it's for men and women. Uh, women should read a book because it gives them an ideal of the perfect man that they ought to allow to come and get them. And notice I said come and get them because any woman that's out seeking for a man, she is never going to get a man that the Most High want her to have because she's moving in masculinity, going out seeking men. And another thing is, <clears throat> this book going to show women how to be when they get the right man the most I want them to have. Okay. Now, what inspired you to write this book? Uh, you know, not to go into no detail, uh, early on in life. We want you to go into detail. No, nah, because two, the two individuals really don't know the ins and out about the story. But early on in life, okay, right? Uh, I was dealing with a grown lady, a grown lady. I was like in seventh grade, right? Okay. And this this woman was older than my mama. Okay. And then come to find out, you know, two people in my family were thrashing her. What? <laughs> thrashing her. And so, on on one side, I thought <clears throat> I was the man because she was a grown woman. She was older than my mama. Okay. Wow. Right, so I thought I was doing. You know, my day, and then on the other side of the coin, I'm like, damn, women ain't shit. Right? Okay. And so this 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 played a big part in me writing this book because I don't want fellas to get out here and get, you know, duped by women and not being on top of their game. Okay. And so I, I, the most I gave me the chapters of this book, I put it together. So I want to help men to be the best version of themselves so that when they get a woman, they know how to keep a good woman, right? Mm -hmm. And they know how to not only keep a good woman, but to maintain who they are while they with their women. So one can infer from what you're saying that is that you've been seeing a lot of men that's not on their purpose. You've been seeing a lot of men who are not leading the household. You have been seeing a lot of men, in lack of a better word, who have been acting like bitches, yeah. women. Beast, right, we call them beast manics, <laughs> <laughs> beta males, right? right. Beta and male, so, beta uh, tell me a little bit more about that, <clears throat> which leads to the second reason why I wrote this book. You know, all praises to the Most High that my daddy was involved in our life. Uh, we had my uncle uh, that played a big part in our life, and so they taught us a, a, a lot about women from their experience. Uh, I'm not going to say that everything they said was from a scriptorial standpoint, but they gave us the ins and out about, you know, women and whatnot. But all at the same time, <clears throat> like I said, that played a second part of the reason why I wrote this book, because there's a lot of men <clears throat> in our community that don't have father figures, right? Okay. And so this book, so to speak, can be a father figure to a man that don't have that, that, that man to guide them. In life, because without having a father figure, it's hard for you to grow up and become a man. I don't care what nobody say. All right, I don't care what nobody say. We we appreciate, we applaud, 
we uh we give credit to the mothers that are doing the best that they can okay. to raise young boys. But the the reality of the matter is, I don't care how strong that woman is, I don't care how alpha that woman is, I don't care how masculine that woman thinks she uh, she is, she can't raise a son without a man. And so this book is going to play a, a pivotal uh, part in helping men be who they need to be as far as uh, dealing with women and being on a purpose and living in this world, especially as a black man. All right, baby. I mean, Mr. Kyrie. I mean, my man, my man. So some people will argue, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? What kind of professional background do you have? What type of certifications do you have to be able to put out a book on leadership, to be able to put out a book that quotes scriptures, to be able to put out a book on relationships? I want to know what solidifies you. We, we, we say that you are a preacher, but let the people know, are you truly a preacher? <laughs> Am I truly a preacher? Yeah. Listen, I, <clears throat> listen I, can, I can lay license out here. I can put certificates out here saying I'm a preacher. That don't matter. You understand what I'm saying? Because, Answer the question. Hold on. Uh, listen, listen to, let me explain myself, all right? T.D. Jakes can put his or, ordination paper on it. That don't mean that he's a preacher. All right, the fruits that you bear the scripture talk about in Matthew chapter 7. Okay. That solidifies if a person is a preacher. And you can attest to the fact, anybody who know me, anybody that's around me can attest to the fact my fruits that I bear from being a preacher. Now. Yes, I got an ordination. Yes, I got a preacher license. From where? where did from Corinthians Baptist Church in Muskegon, in Muskegon Heights. Yes, Very I got good. my paperwork. Very good. All right. And how long have you been doing research on um, relationships and leadership within the black community? Um, how long have you been, would you say approximately you've been doing it? Uh, probably 10 years, 10 years or more, okay. 10 years or more. And then would you say from your experiences with women, <laughs> uh, your personal experiences? Yeah, experience, experiences from women. Uh, I, <clears throat> I dealt with a lot of women, uh, especially in college. Uh, me and my. Before me. Me and my brother, uh, shout out to Manny. <laughs> shout out to Manny. When we was in college, man, we was uh, what you would call players. <clears throat> nah, I would say not not players. I would say more on the line of uh, PIMP because we was able to get women to do stuff where other guys couldn't get them to do it. Oh, manipulation. I ain't going to say manipulation. Persuasion. Charming. The art of persuasion. Yeah, art of persuasion. Okay. All right, so when we was in college, me and my brother Manny, man, I love that boy. Man, we uh, <laughs> we conquer women, man. We conquer women. And from your personal experiences, I know you gave us one experience when you were younger, but as you got older, did you continue to see the deceitfulness or the backstabbing um, in some of your relationships? Oh, uh, no or doubt. Other people? No doubt. No doubt. Uh, that's that's part of the preacher side of me, right? Uh. There have been a lot of instances when I was in relationship with people and the most I gave me visions. You'll find this in Joel chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2 where they say young man should see visions and young man should prophesy. So uh, a lot of stuff I was able to see and get out of because uh, the most I gave me visions and every time he gave me a vision, it happened exactly like that. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and if the women was here, they'd be able to tell you it, it came out. It came to pass exactly like that. And I'm grateful to the Most High that he gave me that gift, right, to spare me and to keep me and to preserve me from a lot of BS that I could possibly have been in. Very good. 
All right, y'all. So we're going to get right into things. Like I said earlier, a lot of times people think when you love the Lord, you can't have fun. You can't be freaky. <laughs> you can't live life. This is, this is a lot of the misconceptions that a lot of people have. And because of that, they are a, a lot of times um, reluctant to give themselves over to God because they don't want to truly change, right? A lot of times the Christian churches make people feel uh, a certain way about God about their lifestyles. And so we're going to talk about a lot of those misconceptions today. Okay, you guys. So we're talking about, are you a Ruth or a Delilah? We're talking about the Old Testament versus the New Testament. And then we're going to get into what is an alpha man? We hear this all the time, but no one really has been able to explain what is an alpha man? Are you an alpha man? And how does that help your life, your relationship, your business sector of your life? We're going to talk about it. So first of all, what do you mean when you say, are you a Ruth or a Delilah? Break it down for the people who have no idea who these women are at all. Well, when you study uh, Judges chapter 16, right? Uh, when you study Judges chapter 16, you mean a man by the name of Samson. And Samson was a strong man. He was a, a deliverer from, uh, for Israel. He, he delivered Israel from their enemies. But one day you notice in order to weaken Samson, the Philistines hired a woman by the name of Delilah, right? And Samson was very attractive to this woman. Uh, the scripture said that Samson said about Delilah, she pleases me well. Court you understand that? She pleases me well. And, th- and let me stop right here and say this is where a lot of men get caught up uh, in relationships because they deal with women that only pleases them well in the bedroom. Okay. Uh, but because a woman pleases you well in the bedroom does not mean she's good for you. Yeah. So Delilah was not good for Samson. Uh, she was sent to uh, weaken Samson to bring him down. To distract him. To distract him and destroy him. Oh. All right? Okay. And so when you study the scriptures, when you study history uh, for our people, the number one way the enemy used against a strong black man is a woman. Okay. All right. Every great king, every great leader has been brought down by a woman one way or another. You better talk. Order in the court. This is facts. Right. You this, can read about this. Right, right, right. And this is the purpose of this book, because I don't want men to get out here, establish an empire, uh, build their career up for a woman to come. Now, I'm talking about a bad woman. I'm not talking about a good one. I'm talking about a woman like Delilah for them to come along and bring their kingdom down. How did she bring the kingdom down? Some people have never read the Bible. Because Some she people used, don't even know what you're talking about. She used what was between her legs to weaken Samson. And what happened to him? And, How and, was he and, Because he was infatuated with the ass. And there's a lot of men out here that's infatuated with the ass, all right? Matter of fact, I got a chapter in this book say, Chase Cash, not ass. When you say that she weakened him, what did she do to him? Did he lose anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He what? listen, listen. When the sex that she put on Samson made him vulnerable. All right. Okay. Now Samson was given some uh, covenant with the Mosai, and one of the covenant with the Mosai that he had was he was to never cut his hair, and so she kept weakening him, kept you know giving him head, you know, kept popping that thing, letting him hit it from the back. <laughs> Like and we then, do. Right, and then, <laughs> then Samson got weak. She said, Samson, please tell me what, what make you so strong? Samson said, I ain't going to tell you. Next time you know, he, she done gave him some head. And fellas, you know, man, when you get head, there's something about getting head that weakens you, man. You That's know the, that for the, sure. Listen, just being real, man. 
It's something about getting hit that weaken you, man. Matter of fact, my uncle, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my uncle, my uncle Beck, man. What's up, Uncle Beck? If you're listening, man, my uncle Beck was talking to my daddy, and he said, "Man, you better be careful about allowing everybody to give you head, man, because uh, it's addictive." And he was right. All right, maybe that just be for the Beckham. So I don't know, man. <laughs> every man love him. Okay, so so from her weakening him through her sexual appeal, right. he gave over... He told her the secret. He said, if you want me to be just like every other man, every other common man, you have to cut my hair off. And she said, oh, I got him where I want him now. Okay. And so she put that thing on him, was riding him, you know, making him <laughs> bust everywhere. And then the scripture said he went to sleep. Okay. Right? Okay. And when he fell asleep, she called... Uh, Samson enemies and say he sleep now. He done told me the secret that he got with the Most High. Mm. Cut his hair now. Y'all come out and cut his hair. And so the enemies came out and cut his hair. And when uh, he woke up, he thought he still had his strength. The scripture say he shook himself, thinking that he was gonna have that power. But he did not know the Lord left him because he broke his covenant and cutting his hair. And so I, if I can um, remember a little bit about that he also lost his vision yeah. how did he lose his vision because after they cut it after his, his hair got cut he was he had his supernatural strength again right and so the enemy came and overpowered him and they gouged out his eyes they mm. gouged out his eyes and that's a spiritual lesson behind that when you with the wrong woman man and you having all this what you believe to be elaborate sets it blinds you to who she really is. You blind, it blinds you to her true characteristics. And distracts you from your mission. And distract, distract you from your purpose. From then on, Samson and his purpose went downhill. And I think that that's very interesting because the first chapter of your book, the first chapter of your book is um, to put your purpose before a woman, right? So you're teaching men. Don't be like Samson. Don't allow a woman to come into your space, distract you with pussy, distract you with looks, distract you, period, and, and take you off of the path in which God has put you on so that you will be able to leave a legacy in this life, right? So then tell us about Ruth. Are you a Delilah or are you a Ruth? What's that about? See, Ruth was the total opposite. Ruth, was uh, she wanted to make sure that her man was the best that he could possibly be. And uh, what one thing I love about Ruth is... Uh, I mean, I don't want to give you the whole story, but her husband died, right? Okay. And she followed her mother-in-law. And the scripture said that she denounced everything about her past. She denounced everything about her family because she wanted to be connected and tied to her mother-in-law. And because she was connected and tied to her mother-in-law, she ended up meeting a man by the name of Boaz, okay. right? Because she was a good woman. The most high put her in a position. To meet a man by the name of Boaz, who was a powerful man in that day and time, who was a rich man in that day and time. Now, if she was like Delilah, she would never have met Boaz, right? Okay. But because she was a good woman, because she had good characteristics, good qualities, uh, the most high positioned her to meet the right man for the right man to come into her life. And one thing that Boaz said about uh, Ruth, and I believe it's in uh, the second chapter, maybe the third chapter, it said, I, I like Ruth because she don't seek attention from no man, no, no matter if this man is rich or poor. She do not seek attention from men. Okay. And that's one of the most important elements about a woman of quality is that she don't do things to seek attention from men. Ruth was praised by the Most High because she was a woman that never sought attention outside 
of the man that she was with. So now you know I got to ask you the tough questions. And don't lie right here on these people. First of all, for all the heathens who do not read the Bible, <laughs> uh, when he talks about Boaz, he is not talking about the Mexican man off of Queen of the South, okay? He's not talking about that Boaz, all right? We're talking about the Bible. All right, my question to you, Mr. Beckham, we know that you are a truth teller and you are an advocate for the Scripture. Which woman am I? Am I a Delilah or am I a Ruth or do I got a little bit of both? I want to know. As it relates to me, anything before anything that happened before me, that's before me. All right, that's the type of person I am. Since you've been with me, you have displayed the characteristics of Ruth. All right, now this this is the way I am. All right, you know when you study Ecclesiasticus chapter uh, twenty five, the scripture said, "If a woman don't go as you will have for her to go, you ought to cut her off from your flesh and get her a bill of divorcement." Order in the court. <laughs> So, 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 so the reality of the matter is if she want to get out here and start seeking attention from other men, it's okay. It's fine. I'm not, I'm not going to say I won't be hurt or I won't be tripping every man in their right mind. If they, you know, got a, a good woman, uh, which they thought was a good woman. Yeah. They'd be hurt. They'd be messed up. They'd be tripping. All right. So I ain't going to say I won't be tripping, but all at the same time, I'm man enough. I'm spiritual enough. All right. I'm a man on my purpose, and I know that the most high was send me somebody else in need be. So if she get out here and start seeking attention from other men, then that's where they got to be. All right? Okay. That's why there's a chapter in my book, and I, and I thank my daddy uh, uh, profoundly for teaching me and my brothers this lesson. And one of the chapters in the book is you have to be willing to walk away from it all. All right? I'm not going to tell all this business, but, you know, my daddy walked away from his second marriage. And I mean – a lot of money was attached to this marriage. Okay. A big ass house was attached to this marriage. A nice car was attached to this marriage. Everything was attached to this marriage. And he walked away from it all with no money, with nothing. And he said, my self-respect was more important than all that materialistic stuff. He said, I get it back. Yeah. So, man, that, 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 that was a big lesson to me, man. You got to be willing to walk away from it all. All right. Now, those of you that's listening <laughs> don't take this wrong. I'm not saying my baby out here seeking attention. I'm just saying I'm teaching y'all this is how y'all supposed to be, all right? She never did me wrong. She never uh, played a whore, as the scripture said with me, as long as she been with me. So as long as she be with me and as long as she loyal with me, I'm good. So was that the only characteristic of Ruth is that she didn't seek attention? Was she a help me? Did she support you? Did I mean, did she support him like, it, or is that it? As long as your woman isn't seeking attention, she's a Ruth. She's a great woman. Listen, a woman that don't seek attention have all of the qualities of a true woman. Loyalty, submission, support. All these entails not seeking attention. That's why, that's why you need a preacher to teach the Bible. A lot of people don't understand that. Loyalty, submission, support, sex. All that entails not seeking attention. Now, if you're seeking attention from somebody else, you're not loyal. If you're seeking attention from somebody else, you're not going to submit to your man. If you're seeking attention from somebody else, you're not fully supporting your man. Mm, I see your point. All right. So we're going to move to the next topic because this is a big, broad topic. So we talk about the Old Testament versus the New Testament. First of all, let me just start off by saying this. I was born Muslim. That means that all of my religion, all of the teachings that I learned came from the Quran. 
when I was about 16, <laughs> stop playing. <laughs> Allah, when I was about 16 years old, my best friend, Leah, she took me to um, church. And what happened was I went to church with her a few times. We would go out, you know, time would go on. I was in college. Um, we would go out. And then on Sundays, I would be sleeping in her bed and she'll be going to church. She went to Triumph. And then one day I just felt convicted and she was like, just come with me. And so I went to church and this first time in church, I bust out <laughs> crying, right? I bust out crying and I was hooked from there. I converted over from being a Muslim to being a Christian. And I had been Christian all the way up into about two and a half years ago. Now, in being Christian, I just went to church on Sundays. The, 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 the uh, pastor always told me to read the Bible, but I'm going to be honest with you. I would read my favorite chapters, which was Psalms and Proverbs, but I really didn't go any further than that, right? Um, I didn't go to, to Bible study on Tuesday. So I say all this to say I didn't really fully know what was in the Bible. I was always getting secondhand information from individuals. And then I met my fiance who happens to be a preacher. I pray for this. I ask God to bring me a man who can lead me, but most importantly, who follows God. Because everywhere I go, I'm a boss. I'm leading things. And sometimes it gets tiring. So you want a man that's able to lead you, right? So I end up getting that. And this man has been true to the scriptures. And so we read the Bible daily, day and night. We pray all the time. So I'm starting to read a lot of these chapters in the Bible. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is in the Bible. I have never learned this in church. They never talk about these things in church. They always talk about the same thing. So when I got with him, a lot of things changed. Uh, it changed because I read it for myself. And I felt convicted. And the other part of it changed because I felt like it was the right thing to do. One of those things is I gave up crab. I gave up lobster. I gave up shrimp. This is something that I ate all the time. But I read in Leviticus, right, specifically that these things are an abomination. Now, we're going to talk about this because when I spoke that to my friends. Can I interrupt you real quick? Sure. I want you to repeat that, all right? That you read it for yourself. I read it for myself. You saw it for yourself. I saw it for myself. Especially women, man. A lot of these women would have people thinking, oh, she changed because she with him. This I'm brainwashed. Oh, you brainwashed. Yeah. Oh, you in the court. Yeah. No, you read it for yourself. That's right. You believe it for yourself. Believe it for you myself. You prayed about it and went to the most high about the scriptures that you saw that the church don't want to talk about, don't want to deal with. So let me tell y'all, I'm not brainwashing her. <laughs> All right, I don't got her in no court. She no. read it for herself. And That's I always right. tell her, I'm not here to change nobody. You can believe it if you want to believe it. You just read it, so you take it however you want to take it. So let me tell you what the issue was. So I read it, and it talked about how all of these things were an abomination. Of course, pork. I knew that pork, we wasn't supposed to eat it, but I never really knew why. And then I read the Bible, and I found out that God casted uh, demons, devils inside of the pig, right? So I'm just learning all of these different things that I never was taught. So when I went to my friends and I explained to them, no, I don't eat that no more. And I'm not pushing this off on them. If you want to eat pork, if you want to eat shrimp, whatever you want to do, do your thing. I don't have to have a hell to put you in. But when I came to them, I felt like they was judging me. They were like, okay, but the New Testament, that's what the New Testament is about. You know, we they, they're done away with the Old Testament. When Jesus died for our sins, that means we can do whatever. We can eat whatever. All we got to do is pray over it, right? Let's talk about it. Because every Christian I meet tells me that nobody cares about the Old Testament. When Jesus died for our sins, that was it. So they can eat rat, cat, 
They can eat possum. They can eat pork. They can eat whatever. Let's talk about it, baby. There's nowhere in the scripture, in the New Testament, all right, and, and I say New Testament because that's what the Christianity like to refer to as the New Testament. When you study history and you study the time of the apostles, they never had no such thing as no Old Testament or New Testament. All right, that came about with the white man, whether people want to believe it or not. White man separated the Old Testament uh, and the New Testament, all right? So there's no in the so-called New Testament where you will see that Jesus said, my blood has cleansed pork, shrimp, all this for you eat. No, he said, my blood is given for the remission of what? Sin. Sin, all right? Okay. Now, if, if Yahusha, whom we commonly call Jesus, wanted us to eat pork, right, eat shrimp, then why he didn't eat it when he walked down here on earth? But you read about him eating lamb on the Lord's Supper, the Passover. You, eat, you read about him eating fish. Okay. You read about him eating bread. But you'll find nowhere where he ate pork, shrimp, lobster, frog legs, <laughs> all this other bullshit that mahi, mahi. we, we said we sanctify to eat, all right? And then here goes another false uh, connotation of what Christianity like to run to. All right. They like to run to first Timothy chapter four, where it say pray over your food. Yeah. But you got to read that scripture in its totality. Okay. It said pray over the food that was sanctified by the word. Yeah. Now that he sanctified in the old Testament. And correct? what they call the old Testament. He told you what he already sanctified for you to eat. Right. So he's not going to go against his word. Then they like to run to Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 11 when they talk about uh, the sheep coming down out of heaven and, and, and the Lord told Peter to eat. He said, not so, Lord. Ain't nothing ever unclean came into my mouth. And then people say, see, he talking about eating food. No, he goes on to tell you what he was saying. He was saying, do not call people unclean. He can save whoever he want to save. That had nothing to do with food. So that's what the black church, especially the black church, is teaching that the New Testament has done away with a lot of things. But this is what pissed me off. Okay. Tell this us. is what pissed me off. Tell us. The most high in Leviticus chapter 11, and I believe is uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 14. You go check me out. But anyway, in Leviticus chapter 11 for, uh, 11 for sure, it tells us what not to eat, right? Okay. Yeah. The most high tells us. I read it. Now, when you read a book called the Epistle of Barnabas, because Barnabas was an apostle, right? Okay. And that's part of the scriptures, but they don't tell us this in the church, man. They tell us it's only the 66 books from uh, Genesis all the Revelation. There's more books that's supposed to be part of the Bible than what we think, all right? But, you know, we still got slave mentality, but that's cool. You believe whatever you want to believe. But uh, the Epistle of Barnabas, chapter 9, tell us specifically why we should not be eating all these different foods. There's spiritual lessons behind it. What is that? All right. One of the spiritual lessons behind eating pork is talk about how pork is 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 like a person that's a deceptive. It's a deceptive person. Mm -hmm. So why are you going to eat something that the most high deem as a deceptive meat? Yeah. All right. That's why there's a lot of people out here. They got a deceptive spirit because they're eating that shit. Okay. And I also had to give up. Uh, I also chose to give up, gave up because I read it. Catfish, catfish nuggets. It said that we're only supposed to eat fish that has scales mm -hmm. on it, right? Scales and fins. Scales and fins. And so people say to me all the time, the New Testament say just pray over it. He died for that. You can eat that. Listen, when you study Isaiah chapter 
66 and Isaiah 65, 65 and 66. <laughs> the most I specifically said, and I want you to post this uh, after we get off air. Okay. I want you to post the scripture. It talked about how the most I said he's going to judge people for eating these abominable meats. Yeah. He's going to judge them. He's going to burn them up. Yeah. Because he used the word abomination for specific right. sins. Right. Some sins he never used that word. Right. But some sins were so serious that he used the word abomination. Right. And that was one of them. Right. And, and, and the old folks, all right, I grew up with my grandma, all right? My grandma was uh, 80 plus when she died, right? So I grew up with my grandma, my great-grandma. And one day the old folks used to say, a lot of people that you think you're going to make it in, they're not going to be there. Make it in where? Into the kingdom. They're not going to be there. Okay. Because a simple misunderstanding of the scriptures. When the Most High, Isaiah 6 said he's going to judge people for eating pork. He's going to burn them up. Right. <laughs> he's going to burn them up. All right. So there was a chapter that I read. I'm not a, I'm not a toting Bible toter, right? So I don't know all of the chapters. That's what I got him for. But there was uh, one that I read where uh, God explained that anyone who takes anything out of the Bible or try to add things into the Bible, that they will be punished, right? right. And so what do you have to say about that? Because so many people don't want to use the Old Testament. Right. Listen, in Revelation chapter 22, and I believe it's Deuteronomy chapter 4, it's talking about anybody that add to this book, I'm going to add every plague of this book to them at the end. And anybody that take away from this book, I'm going to take their name out of the book of life. So that's that's a, a serious judgment. And, and unfortunately, in the black community, especially in the black church, we like to add our own personal interpretation into the book. And we like to take things away. And it's so foolish for people that's always talking about the Old Testament is done away with, the Old Testament is done away. But they be quick to run to Malachi chapter 3 and talk about, Pay your tithes and offering. Which is in where? In old, what they call the Old Testament. Mm. So if the Old Testament done away, why are you still asking these people for tithes and offering? Order in the court. We want to know. I want to talk to um, a Christian who believes these things, who believes that the Old Testament is done away with, and they believe that you are able to uh, eat certain things, eat what you want to eat as long as you pray over them. I want to know what you guys have to say about that. How come you can say that it's done away with, but then you still pull chapters and verses out of it when it's convenient to you, right? And then another thing is, another thing, even with tithes and offering, tithes had nothing to do with money. If you study your Bible with open eyes, man, every time they pay their tithes, it had to do with something from the land, fruit and produce, or uh, animals, right? And so in Deuteronomy chapter 14, the scripture said if, the, if when they was going up to the temple, if the uh, way was too far, he said, turn your tithes into money. But when you get back there, turn that money back into tithes. So why in the world he would tell us to turn our tithes into money so we could carry the money. But when we got to the temple, to turn your money back into tithes, if, if tithes was money, that don't make no sense. You speaking today. We're going to move on to some more misconceptions that I just want to clear up and I just want to have a conversation about because a lot of people attacked me. I got attacked last week, and this is what it was about. Um, we're just going gonna to rip the Band-Aid off, right? Uh, this, this, this society right now, everything is accepted. Everyone is accepted. They want to make it seem as if 
uh, the LGBTQ community is the place to be, okay? They also want to make you believe. No, they that's a, they want you to believe this is the place to be. This is where you should be. This is where I should be. This is where the world should be, okay? You got everything has turned gay, right? Uh, commercials are gay. They got gay cartoons. Um, they even want us to believe now that women, biological women, do not own womanhood they want us to believe that if you are a transgender man that turned into a woman that now they are a woman and they want us to identify them as such and they are calling us now cis women which just mean that biologically we birth we can able to birth kids and so they want us to be in a delusion with them right and so i was talking to one of my friends they had asked me a question about them being gay and i explained to them hey uh do your thing you know what I mean? If you don't plan on changing your life, you might as well have a ball down here because when you get up to, to have to account for what you've done, you're going to be in some trouble, okay? I said, but I don't have a heaven and hell to put you in. If that's what you want to do, I'm here for it. I'll call you all the pronouns that you want to be called. Do your thing. I said, but the reality of it is we all have to be judged. And there are levels to the judgment. And the reason I said that is because, of course, they came back to me. Oh, well, um, you got your ears pierced. You got tattoos. Uh, you done had sex before marriage. We all sin. We all sin. And I said, you're right. We all sin. And I got an answer for my sins, just like you got an answer for your sins. But some of those sins are higher than others. Some of those sins, he specifically talks about abomination. And this is one of them. And they told me I was being judgy, that there is no sin that is greater than another sin, and that sinning is sinning. What do you have to say about that? Anybody <laughs> that reads the scripture, that reads the Bible, know that there is levels to sin. Ooh, we can't, is it? Listen, man, we can't be spiritually stupid, man. We can't keep going off of this slavery type of christianity that has been passed on to us like like for instance okay uh, check this out baby okay I'm i use word ass and uh shit and this and that and they just tell me i'm cussing yeah you're not supposed to cuss. you a preacher you cuss you Listen, use profanity but but, but 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 this how stupid people is man and i you know y'all can get offended if y'all want but this how stupid people is how in the world how in the world are you gonna say i'm using cussing words right when we didn't know English before we got over here. Okay. So who down. who deemed these words to be custom words? The white man? Mm. Huh? Because you do know if you study history, I'm I'm a studier, man. I do my own research, man. I'm a free thinker. When you study history, for example, you just used the word motherfucker not too long ago, right? Mm -hmm. It's my favorite word. Right. If you study history, one of the reasons why the white man was telling us the word motherfucker was wrong to use because in slavery, that's what we called them when they was going out raping our mothers. Mm, right? Then another one. <laughs> don't, don't be shacking up. Another Christian word. Yeah, because, you know, people want to know right now, how is he a preacher? And they're, they're engaged, but, but they're, they live together and they're having sex before marriage. What do you have to say about that? They say they say you sinning big time. Listen, all right, I get to that. That goes along with shacking up. Another word that came out of slavery. Mm. The white man did not want big man dingle brothers like me and my family. <laughs> all right, back there sleeping 
with the slave women. Okay. All right. So one of the words they use towards the big black mandingos, don't be back there. Where where did they have us at? In the shack. Don't be back there shacking up. We have to be free thinkers, man. Come out of that stupor, man. We got to be free thinkers. Now, marriage has nothing to do with a certificate. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to sign a certificate, all right, if that's your prerogative, all right? If we want to sign a certificate, that's between me and you, right? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh But according to the scriptures, when you study Deuteronomy 21, Deuteronomy 22, all right, when you study uh, Genesis chapter 24, okay, marriage was consummated by sex. A lot of people don't want to believe that, all right? So was, if it was consummated by sex, how can you have sex before ma- marriage? How you can't. That? You can't. Hmm. That's why when you study Matthew chapter 16, what did Jesus refer to us as? A wicked and what? Adulterous generation. Why did he call us adulterous generation in the last days? Because everybody sleep with one another. All right? That's why he called us adulterous generation. If I'm staying with somebody, I'm sleeping with somebody, that is my wife. I'm sleeping with her. This is my wife. And a white man, people that's in control, they even know this because after so long, they give us what? Common law marriage. Why do they say common law? Because they know the law better than a lot of black people in the church. Because the law states when you sleep in with somebody, if you have sex with somebody, that is your wife. And when you study Genesis chapter 24, when Isaac saw Rebecca, the scripture said he took Rebecca into his mother's tent and made her his wife by busting them guts down okay so what do you and it's another scripture that talks now they like to run i don't mean to cut you off because the, the most i put it on my spirit all right another scripture in what they call new testament in john chapter four when jesus was talking to the woman at the well okay all right to make a long story short I was about to say he asked her how many husbands have you had she said i had five husbands he said, you said correct. And the one that you are with, listen to him. The one that you with, you stand with him. I know you stand with him, but he's not your husband. Now, if she stand with this man and he said she, he's not your husband, what does Jesus imply? You have not slept with him. Mm-hmm. As soon as you sleep with him, you're going to make him num- husband number six. Because when he said you've had five husbands, that didn't, she didn't have five ceremonies. No. She didn't have five weddings. No. She just had sex with five men. She done had, she said, I know you done had sex with five men. Then you, know, you know what she said? What? She went back to her city and said, come and see a man that told me everything that I have did. Mm. How, this, how is somebody going to know this? Except he was a prophet. Read John chapter 4. All right. You skipped over what the people saying. They saying you sinning right now. They saying you having sex before marriage. What you got to say about that? Man, they are liars, man. Because they don't know the Bible, man. They don't know the Bible, man. When you have sex, and we're going to have to come on, and we're going to break the scripture down. We're going to have to come on here and talk about what marriage really is in the eyes of the Most High. All right? Yeah. Okay? Okay. So... When you having sex with a woman, that's why the scripture teaches a man should not be just sleeping with women without being able to provide and take care of them. Mm. All right? Because it was okay for a man to have multiple wives. The only person that was off limit in having a multiple wives 
all right, was a bishop. You find that in First Timothy chapter three. If a man desire to offer of a bishop, let him have let him have what one wife. Now, why would he tell him to have one wife? Now, this is what we got to understand. Okay, break okay? it down. Break it down. When you sleeping around with women and you're not committing to them, you're committing adultery. That's what the scripture teaches. That's what it is. So what is real adultery? Because people would say that if you uh, ended up having sex with another woman, you would be committing adultery. I would be committing adultery if I go out and have sex with uh, a man, another man. What, what misconceptions is in that from the Christianity compared to what's actually in the Bible? If you look up the word adultery in the Hebrew Bible, Adultery is a woman sleeping with any man that's not her husband. Other words, that's not the man that she's committed to. All right. And what about for men? A man commits adultery when he's sleeping with another man's wife. So if she is single. He's not committing adultery. And his wife knows about it. He's not committing adultery. Mm, really? Yeah, he you know posed, people going to say right, something right, like that. Right, right, right. But listen, the Christianity church don't even want to talk about concubines. Men have concubines. <laughs> concubines. Which is what we call today our side pieces. Yeah, but don't say our. All right. You ain't got I'm none. talking about in this <laughs> day and time. All right. All right. In this day and time, we refer to women as side pieces. But Abraham, go read Genesis chapter 25. All right. David and Solomon, go read it, man. They had side pieces, which was called in the scripture concubines. All right, so let's get back to this levels of sinning. So they jumped down my throat. They said that a sin is a sin. So whether a man go suck another man's penis, whether a woman eats another woman out, or whether I go have sex with somebody else's husband, it's all sinning. Whether I get my ears pierced, whether I get a tattoo, it's sinning. What you got to say about that? Listen, when you read Genesis chapter 18, all right, uh-huh. tattoos and all that stuff, all right, it's wrong to a certain extent. All right, getting a tattoo is wrong to a certain extent. You, you, there's some scripture to talk about uh, people getting a tattoo. Like women in that day and time, they got tattooed as uh, a, a physical show to show who they belong to. <laughs> a lot of people don't want to deal with this, man. All right, sometimes women got tattoos to show who they belong to. Okay. So that's a whole different topic in itself. All right. Even I think it's Revelation chapter 19. We had to put it up there. I believe it's Revelation chapter 19. Even talk about Jesus having a tattoo and said, on his die is written, Lord of Lords. Okay. But I need to know about levels of sinning. Stay there. Hey, listen, listen. Stay I, on listen, board, you, baby. Okay? You, know, you know how I, 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 I go how I have the most. Okay, but bring it back. Listen, there's levels of sin. As I was saying, Genesis chapter 18. All right. Before I was kindly interrupted. I ain't going to say really interrupted. This is what I'm saying. When you, You'll never see the Most High destroying a city of people having tattoos. Right? You tell me. You the expert. I'm telling you. Okay. You'll, never, you'll never read about the Most High destroying the whole city because all the people in the city had tattoos. But when you read Genesis chapter 18, you see him destroying multiple cities because all of them was gay. And the scripture said he he rained down fire and brimstone. Now, 
anybody in right mind would see there's levels to sin. Why the world he would destroy a whole city, Sodom and Gomorrah, for them being gay? When you study John chapter 19, this came out of Jesus' mouth. In John chapter 19, he told them, the people that deliver me unto you, they have the greater what? Sin. Now, greater mean that there are things beneath it. My lower exactly. levels of it. My, now, watch this. When Judas betrayed him, uh-huh. Jesus told him, it was better for you not to be born because you betrayed me. That's how bad his sin was. It was better for you not to be born. He never said that about somebody getting a tattoo. <laughs> here, here go another level. Okay. Now, this is what Christians like to run to. Okay. Honor your father and your mother so your days will be long. And that's where they stop. They don't read on. All right. I'm, I'm just saying, levels of sin, right? Uh-huh. Everybody know that not showing your parents honor can cut your life short. Yeah. Now, if that's the case, that means there's other sins that may not cut your life short. So that means honoring your parents is a greater sin when you don't do it than other sins. Because right. it said this sin comes with a promise. Now you talking. Now you talking. So when you, so what do you have to say to those individuals who come at me tough about I, 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 it's okay for me to be gay because we all sin. We all sin. Sin is sin. It's saying in the Bible, sin is sin. They just try to justify their wrongdoing. They just try to justify their actions, all right? Mm. The scripture said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yeah. But all at the same time, the scripture said there's certain levels of judgment that comes along with certain levels of sin. Yeah. When you, when you read John chapter 5, the epistle of John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, it talk about there is sin that leads unto death. Mm. And I say don't pray about them. Mm. All right? Another one Christianity talk about, but they don't really pay attention to what they talk about. In Matthew chapter 12, it said to uh, blaspheme the Holy Ghost is an unpardonable sin. Mm, blasphemy. Right. So if you blaspheme, blaspheme the Holy Ghost, he said you'll never be forgiven. Ain't that a level of sin? Level of sin. <laughs> people crazy. It's levels to this. And I try to explain that to the people that I love. Right, because the people who I don't give a shit about, you know what? Learn on your own. I don't have time to argue it. But the people that I love, I do try to give them what I've read, what I've learned, what I know. And they always come at me with this New Testament. They always come at me with basically all they they can sin all day long. All they got to do is pray to Jesus to forgive them, and That's it's over. They a sinner, man. They a sinner, man. They corrupt, man. A lot of people in the church, man, they they hypocrites, man. Whether they get mad at me or not, they're hypocrites. They don't want to hear the truth, man. Mm-hmm. And this is why 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and those of you that's listening, especially you Christians, all right, this is a woe unto you, man. This is a judgment being pronounced against you. The scripture says that the Most High is sending a lot of y'all that don't want to hear the truth, strong delusions, so that you will believe a lie before you believe the truth. <laughs> So that your soul may be damned. You don't want to hear the truth. They we don't hear right. We don't hear lies so much. We don't hear lies so much. Even Willie Lynch says, if you feed them lies, you feed them lies, you feed them lies. When they finally hear the truth, they're gonna think the truth is a lie. Mm. Because they don't hear lies for so long. And in the black church, we don't hear lies so long. So that when somebody come along and telling them the truth in plain words. They think that's a lie because their pastor or their bishop didn't say it. Mm, 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 mm. All right. Another misconception. I hear from a lot of 
Christians, um, a lot of people that's in the church, they'll be quick to tell me, okay, you the judge, you being judgmental. The Bible say not to judge. Now, I read this for myself. That ain't what the Bible say. Tell them what the Bible say, my baby. Listen, I believe it's Luke chapter 6. It said, judge not unless you be judged. With the same measure that you judge, it's going to be measured back to you. Me? He never said we can't judge. He yeah. said, if you're going to be judging, make sure your life is up to par. Because if you do the same thing, the same judgment that was passed on that person going to be passed on to you. Yeah. But he you never can said, judge. Right. You can judge. Yeah. A whole book was given to the book of judges. Ooh. Some people ain't know it was a book of judges. <laughs> These people crazy, man. That's why, man. The pastor ain't teaching them nothing in the church, man. I know. I, was, I, I didn't learn much. I ain't going to lie. For the, the, the past 10 years. Some of the things that I've read for myself, I have not learned in church. They teach you the same thing. They teach you about tithing. They teach you about Genesis in the beginning, about uh, um, <laughs> Adam and Eve. They teach you about Revelation. They teach you about, of course, you hear about the abomination. But I've never heard a preacher talk about what we should eat and what we shouldn't eat. I've never heard that. I've never heard them talk about sex, right? So the Bible talks all about sex. People was getting freaky as hell in sex. It says that nothing is defiled uh, between marriage, right, in, in the bedroom, right? But you'll get Christians that when it's time to talk about sex or to speak on that subject, that they shun away from it. They act like, oh, my God, no, we don't have sex. And it's like, come on, people. What do you have to say to them people? Man, they need to wake up, man. I believe it's Romans chapter 13. Say, wake up. Out of that darkness. All right. The light is shining, man. We giving y'all light today, man. You got to wake up. All right. And, and you can't just keep going along to get along, man. The worst thing that happened to us as a people is we try to build our life off of secondhand information. information. Ooh, I, I'm, I'm part of that. Being mis the biggest thing is being misinformed, man. We got to be free thinkers, man. Free thinkers. We got to be free thinkers, man. And don't. Don't talk about, don't get mad at individuals that's trying to wake you up to the truth, man. Yeah. We're just trying to wake you up to the truth before it's everlasting too late. Before it's everlasting too late, man. Y'all heard it right here. We're going to go on, y'all. If you guys want to know anything, uh, please call in 313-753-2696. I just got to say this really quick. You see how the lines have not run, right? We got one to three people watching. When we talk about the truth, when we talk about things that are serious, things that are, can be beneficial to our community, nobody don't want to hear about that shit. But if I'm around here talking about ratchet things, if I'm around here talking about reality TV, if I'm around here talking about things that pollute our minds, my my call log is full. The viewership is full, right? But it was put on my heart today by God to talk about these things because when you love the people that you're around and you want to make it into the kingdom, you want them people to come with you, right? When you, it's, it's almost like when you enter the truth, when you find out something new, some new information, the people that you love, you want to let them know, right? But I'm being met every single time with conflict, with combativeness. Right. So I want to bring somebody on here that is ordained, an ordained preacher, not just a common civilian, somebody who knows somebody who knows the Bible. Right. Because I'm not going to argue with him no more. I can't tell you Luke chapter 16, 27, 20, 56. I don't know it all. Right. But I have him on here. So tonight is your time to call in. Let's talk about it. Let's debate. Let's agree to disagree. We're talking about Old Testament versus the New Testament. We're talking about truth. We're talking about how people want to stay in delusion because it's beneficial for the wrongdoing that they're doing in their lives. Yes, we all sin. Yes, we do. Right. But 
You have to have a conscious mind to want to do right. You cannot go through life committing sin voluntarily every single day, knowing it's wrong, and think that you're not going to have to answer for that. It's delusional. Like, <clears throat> we, we got to hear from certain people, man. And this is what angers the most high. Even going back to food, the scriptures in Levit Leviticus chapter 11 tell you, don't eat swine, don't eat pork, right? And you'll hear people say, I got to have pork on right. that fork. I can't get rid of my right. pork. He, I love he, listen, pork. Listen, and she's so right. And, but the most I say, don't eat it. But when their bodies start breaking down and the doctors tell them not to eat pork no more, they be quick to listen to a doctor. Mm, when the most the high done told them the whole time in the court. not to eat pork. The two that doctor say, you keep eating that pepperoni, that bacon, you're going to die. Then they want to say, oh, I can't eat pork no more. When the most I already told you, don't eat it. Is now you got so many people going on, you know, saying, going vegan saved my life. It's it's not that you're going vegan that saved your life. Going vegan keep you from eating all of those abominable meats. That's mm. what saved your life. Mm. When the most I told you not to eat it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they'll make you think that eating lamb is fattening, eating lamb is not right. Um, but they ate lamb a lot in the Bible, right. Right? right? That was one of the clean meats to eat. That was one of the healthy meats to eat. Matter of fact, Jesus referred to himself as the lamb of God. These people. All right, y'all. Call on in 313-753-2696. We're moving on to our last, last topic. What is an alpha man? Uh, this year, we have heard so much about alpha, whether it was from Dr. BOA or it was from Kevin Samuels. And now you guys are hearing it from my man, my man, my man, Mr. Kyrie Beckham. He is a self-publishing author. His book just came out July 18th. It is entitled Alpha Diaries. So uh, I want to just know from you, man, Husband, fiance, uh, best friend, author, preacher, black man, black excellence. Yes. What do you certify as an alpha man? Is it just being loud, being controlling, sticking out your chest? What is it? Nah, baby, nah, man. Them, them little boys. Mm. We got too many little boys in our society, but I'm going to um, keep it simple, man. Because, as I always say, I'm an advocate for the scriptures. So, a man that's alpha, according to the scriptures, number one, <coughs> is a man of prayer. Ooh, come on. He got to be connected to the Most High. Come on, man of prayer. All right. You can't be a true leader unless you get in your directions from the Most High. Ooh, that's why I love you. Number two, a man of purpose. You have to be on your purpose, man. Ooh. No woman want to really align themselves with men that don't got nothing going for themselves. That's, that's not moving in a purpose, all right? And that's why, you know, <laughs> a lot of guys, especially at the class reunion, they be like, man, I, uh, I, I remember we used to go together? Yeah, that was back in the day. You, If I knew you was going to turn out to be a bum, I would have never dealt with you in high school, all right? It's, uh, too many of our, our fellas, our brothers are bums, man. And they need to come out of bum nation into <laughs> the true nation. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to give you my own personal testament. Don't get me wrong, baby. You are sexy to me. I love you. I love your physique. I love the way you physically look. 
But that's not what drawn me to you. What what draw what made me be attracted to you, first of all, was you being on your purpose. I saw a man that was not just someone who had potential, but someone who was working in his purpose. He already had things aligned. He already started to accomplish his goals. That was number one. Number two, the most sexiest part of you, the part that made me want to, <laughs> I'm talking about slurp you up, is when I see you on your knees praying more than seven times a day and you ain't no Muslim. Amen. Ooh, the first time I saw y'all, I woke up, it was 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, where he at? He in the front room going to town. I'm talking about praying. He been praying. I said, okay. I thought it was going to be a little 10 minute. I went back to sleep. Boy, I woke up an hour later. He was still out there praying. I said, ooh, this is different, but this is sexy. Okay. Then you wonder why I threw that thing on you that <laughs> night. Yeah, that was why. Okay. Uh, and number three, you able to lead and you are a, a protector and a provider for your children. Your children are imperative to you. Your children come first, right? Uh, in the in, in the natural order, right? Um, God, your wife, then your children, right? Um, and that that was sexy to me. So those things are really what attracted me to you. So you're right. I do agree 100% that that's part of what makes you, to me, alpha. Your ability to be able to lead. I trust you. I know that you're capable. I've seen you do these things, and now I have comfortability in you making the decisions, right? Is that all that you would say is alpha? She covered the uh, last two points. Uh, the first one was uh, man of prayer. Second, man of purpose. <clears throat> Number three, man of provision. You got to be able to provide. No woman want to be with a man that can't provide. Man, Period. At all. And I got a chapter in the book talk about never let a woman maintain you. Okay? Listen, my baby, she get mad at me because I don't like to ask her for nothing. Mm. And it, and it, I'm just that's just me. I'm prideful. All right? I'm prideful, but because she's my baby, I I gotta make sure that she feel uh needed, needed and comfortable. All right, with me, okay? Because I get in a zone where I I feel I don't need nobody. As long as I got the most high, I don't need nobody, and that's wrong to be in as a man because you do need help. All right, that's why she's a help meet. Yeah, because okay? it doesn't always have to be financial. Right. A lot of time, my help can just be your being your place of peace. My help could be being able to allow you to talk your thoughts out and listen to you, to be able to add a little bit of education or wisdom to things that you may not be knowledgeable on because we all don't know everything. Some things you know that I don't know, some things I know that you don't know, and that's why we're able to work together. Now, my question to you now is some people will be looking at us and saying, how in the fuck is this relationship working out? I know Porsche. I know Judge Miles. She is alpha. And in their mind, they think she's loud, she's bold, she's, my mom say I'm controlling, okay? She say I'm a little bossy, okay? And then people know Kyrie Beckham. They know you off the chain. You a man of truth. Can't nobody contain you. You do as you please, as you want. You follow the most high. But if it ain't that, you gonna, you make the last decision. So they wondering, how are they together? How have they, these two people, not blown up on each other? How is it successful? What do you have to say about that? Can two alphas come together and love each other? Hey, good, good, good. That's a good question. Thank you for asking me. No, all jokes aside, though. Uh, it takes an alpha woman to be with an alpha man mm. because an alpha woman is secure in herself. 
And if you're an alpha man, you want an alpha woman uh, as your help me because when you're not around, she's still going to make sure that your ideology, she's still going to make sure whatever you incorporated is still going on in your absence. All right? That's what it's called to be a true help me. Okay? Now, listen, me and my baby never have been in an argument. Mm -mm. I know it's hard for y'all to believe. We've never been in an argument. Never. Because number one, I don't, I don't, I'm not about to argue with a woman. Mm, okay, a real man don't argue with a uh, woman. Yeah. Because you can't really win an argument with a woman anyway. Because when you think you winning, she bringing up something that don't even have anything to do with the argument at hand. Mm. <laughs> All right, so that's why you can't uh, win an argument with a woman. But anyway, we never been in a real argument, and, and the thing about it is what make her special in being with me. I can't speak for nobody else. What make her special with being with me because she got a heart for the most high. Mm. All right. She got a heart for the most high on top of, you know, my leadership have not proven wrong yet. Mm. Ain't proven wrong. Even when talking about people or situation or anything that relates to us, when I get my order from the most high, it always turned out to be right. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And I'm going to speak on that. So just from my personal experience, I pray for a man like this. I pray for an alpha man, a man who um, is a leader, right? But I really didn't know what it entailed because I never had it. I've had good men. Don't get me wrong. I've had good men that were providers. But I've never had an alpha man that was a leader. I've always had to lead every relationship that I've been in. And I'm going to tell you right now, it has been a complete boo, Okay. So when I got with him, I didn't know what to expect. Um, so just imagine a person who's boisterous, a, a person who is very loquacious like myself, a person who can be bossy, a person who is assertive, getting with him. And I go to get dressed, and I got my titty showing, I got a little this showing, and he tell me, mm-mm, you ain't wearing that. Nah, the first time this happened, my natural reaction was, Right? I'm like, I ain't say it out loud, but in my mind, I'm like, you ain't my fucking daddy. I, you know, if this was any other man, I would have been like, I would have said it. Right? But I didn't. And he said to me, he showed me, he wrote down, he showed me in the scripture. And it talked about how a woman should dress. And it talked about why. Right? I'm a person that want to know why. Are you doing this just to control me? Or are you doing this because it has a means to an end? And he explained to me. The things that women wear can bring them drama, can bring them trouble, can put us in predicaments that may lead us to death, right? So I have to, I have to be accountable for what you do, how you dress, and how you act. Yeah, you can be sexy. I want you to be sexy. But, baby, I'm not going out with you. And I'm not there to protect you. And that's going to bring you too much attention, attention that not, may not be positive. So I'm asking you to change it. And without hesitation, I did so, right? And he told me, when we go out together, you can wear it. And I said, okay, that's a nice little exchange. Now, that was difficult for me. And that may be difficult for a lot of alpha women. But I know for sure that his leadership, that he is going to protect me and that he means well. And that's why I listen. On top of me seeing it for myself, right? So any woman who feels like, oh, my man can't tell me what to do. Oh, I, I ain't going to be controlled. Is it really being controlled? No, that's just, <clears throat> that's just a rebellious <laughs> woman. And we talk about that in this book, A Rebellious Woman. 
uh, a righteous woman versus a rebellious woman. And the Most High uh, gave my my woman a, a righteous spirit mm. that's not combative. The scripture says, and I believe is uh is this either Proverbs twenty five or twenty six. It's better to dwell on a housetop than with a rebellious or a contentious woman. Yeah, she was not contentious, right? <laughs> and so what we got to understand, what women fail to realize, is male nature. Women don't understand male nature. Any man in their right mind that's a, a high value man. Don't want their woman out in public showing things off. Mm. All right? Yeah. If your man, I'm telling you women, if your man allow you to go out in public looking any kind of way, yeah. that man don't love you. Yeah. And sooner or later, he going to find somebody <laughs> else. And when he finds somebody else, you're going to be like, man, she the total opposite of who I am. That's what it always turned out to be. He chose somebody totally different from me. Why? Because... That's not what he wanted. He allowed you to be that way. He didn't care about you. He don't love you. What do you say to the women who say, it's impossible for me to, um, all right, we got a caller. Let me see. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, did you want to call in and talk? Okay, one second. Let me put you through. All right, y'all, we got a caller on the line. Hello, caller? Hello? All right. So what do you have to say? Can you hear us? Yes. All right. We're listening. Right. So, so hey, first of all, good props to you, cuz. Yeah, I can. Okay. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Hey, good props to you, cuz. You published a book. You got it done. So much props to you. I got like a delay going on. Are you talking? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead. I got to lose you. We can hear you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, So I wanted to make a comment in regards to y'all talking about relationships. So I think that when it comes to both men and women, there has to be value, right? So... You know, if you got a friend, um, he's not, he or she's not going to remain your, your friend unless they're adding some value to you. Right, right. So when it comes to marriages and or relationships, you know, long-term relationships, I think the man should add a value to the woman or the woman and the woman should add value to the, to the man or what's the purpose. And, and that value don't always have to be monetary. Right, right. Um, and when you add value then the respect comes in right. because you value that other person and what they bring to the table. I agree. We I agree. agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, right, if, right. If, if and, so, and so what I think has happened in our society is individuals go into a relationship looking out, looking for what they can get out of the relationship, but never once consider what they can get, what, what they're adding or bringing to the table for us, what the relationship can benefit. Right. Case in point, I knew uh, a lady, and she says, well, she was looking for her Barack Obama, you know, someone <laughs> of that fashion. And I turned to her and I said, well, Barack Obama wouldn't want you. You know, you think about Michelle. She, she's a vice president of Chicago University. She has an a undergraduate at an Ivy League. She has a law degree at an Ivy League. Um, what are you bringing that would make that, that relationship valuable? And again, it doesn't always have to be financial. 
um, because men need things from women that's not just uh, money. Right. You know, compassion, someone to be in your corner, someone to have your back, someone to be able to converse with you and work things out. And likewise. So I advise people, make a list of all the things you want in a mate. And that list can be 10 items, 12 items, whatever it, whatever it is. And after you make that list of all the things that you want in a mate, then you have to say, well, am I that, am I the type of person that the person that I've designed will want? And the answer, if the answer is no, then you got two options. Either you can develop yourself to be the type of person that your ideal mate will want, or you have to look for a different type of mate because you're not adding up. And even <laughs> if you get in a relationship or marriage, it's not going to last because at some point they're going to say we're unequally yoked. Unequally yoked is just not a spiritual thing. It's both spiritual, mentally, and physical. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, the, the problem is, is uh, a lot of people, especially uh, women, uh, they they want men, like you said, that's not on 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 the same level as they as they should be with the man, right? A lot of women they make a lot of mistakes in their early teens, and I and this is what I teach, man. A woman need to capitalize on her youth, all right, because that's when she should be uh, positioning herself to be with a man that's gonna come along and want to build an empire with her. He allowed right? you to be that way. He didn't care about you. He and don't so, like you. so, so what end up happening is they go do the whole phase and this and that, and then when they get in their late thirties, when they get in their uh their 40s, now they want to try to build themselves up to be with a quality man. And sometimes it's too late. Yeah. It's too late. All right. All right. So thank you so much for giving us a call. This is the question I want to know. Um, would you say I'm submissive to you? Yes or no? <laughs> you already know the answer. Can't no woman be with me without being submissive that's just who the most high has made me so the we didn't ask is, about other yes, women we asked right. about me i'm listen when you ask me a question let me speak okay i'm listening okay woman uh-huh, i'm listening all right so as i was saying the most high is not going to allow any woman to be with me without being submissive so to answer your question yes all I needed was a yes. No, I, I okay. Um, this- listen, listen, I don't mean to cut you off. I got to explain this because we got listeners on. Okay. We got listeners on. And we have established that I'm a preacher. So for me to have to explain that, we say if i with a woman that's not being a submissive, how in the world am I going to be a preacher? Okay. So that's why I have to explain it the way I explain it. All right. So this is my question. So with me being submissive, there are some women that are going to say, it's impossible for me to be submissive. Not me, but them. It's impossible. They, they don't want to be, they don't want to listen. They don't want, they don't want the man to drive the bus. They want to be equal partners. What do you say about a submissive woman? Is she weak? Is she being controlled? What does that even mean? Why is it such a bad connotation? <clears throat> it's a bad connotation because women don't understand what it means to be submissive. I tell women often, it takes a strong woman to be submissive in these modern times, all right? And because you submissive, you stronger than majority of these women out here. 
It takes a strong woman to be submissive. Do you think that many women feel like it's impossible for them to be submissive it's, because the man is not alpha and he has not proven himself to lead? That's why they, they can't submit to a bump. They can't submit to the men that they're dealing with because he ain't show. They, they, he will lead them into the garbage. Listen, so, listen, I agree with that. I agree with that. But all at the same time, that show you what type of woman that is. If you with a man that you can't submit to you, that show me you garbage. Mm. Because why in the world are you with a man that you can't submit? What was that saying you said? Or something about if he's not a praying man, he's not going to be a leading man. Something like that. You remember that? Yeah. I said that a man that cannot lead you to prayer cannot lead you in a relationship. That's totally correct. So when, when I say that you submissive, it, it has nothing to do with I'm telling you go close the door. Oh, go clean the mirror. Right. That had nothing to do with that. When it when 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 the scripture talk about a, a, a woman being submissive, it's talking about she's humbling herself and allowing a man to be the leader that the most high ordained for him to be. Mm. So she's saying, It's my decision, and that's a strong woman. It's my decision to follow you wherever the Lord leads you. Okay. So for the women who feel like submission is just not in their life. It probably is because of the way that they are dealing with men in their life, right? Because what I would say to that is prior to Kyrie, I was submissive because I had a good man, right? But I've never been this submissive. The reason that I'm this submissive, the reason that I will listen to his direction and his take his leadership over a lot of other individuals, as I continue to say, is because he has proven time and time again he's wise, he's able to lead, and most importantly, his decisions are always based off of God, right? A lot of the other men that I dealt with, I was the one, let's pray. I was the one, come on, get up, go, let's go to church. I don't want to go today. It's different now because this man is in the leader seat. He's the one, get up, let's go, uh-uh, get off social media, read your Bible, uh-uh. It's hard not to submit to a man that's on his P's and Q's. It's hard not to submit to a man who has proven time and time again that the things that he says is for your benefit, right? It's so many times that Kyrie has told me things about friendships, has told me things about relationships that I've been in, whether they were friends or associates, and I didn't want to believe it. I, I mean, I, I went to bat for these people, and it has came out over and over and over again that this man was on point, right? So I say to any woman who feels as if they're not able to submit, you may want to reflect over your life, reflect over who you bring into your life, who you've allowed in your life. Because like you said, that's a, that's a character flaw, right? If you're not able to submit to your man, it's something wrong with you and it's something wrong with him. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> right, right. And, and let us stress this again. A woman submitting to a real leader has nothing to do with that man telling her, go clean my shoes and all that type of bullshit. That has nothing to do with it. It's her decision to say, I'm following you. I'm going to support you until otherwise. Mm -hmm. That's what submitting is, all right? Yeah. And even if sometimes the scripture says, and I believe it's Ephesians chapter 5, even a man must submit to a woman. Now, case point, sometimes my baby comes to me like, what you think about it? And I tell him, man, listen, you got to make a decision on this because my mind is focused on this and taking up with this. And if, this, if I'm not happy with the decision, then we'll choose something different. Right? Okay. So even sometimes a man gives submission to his woman or uh, give the uh, 
power over to his woman, mm-hmm. even though he's still in a leadership, mm-hmm. right? Just like uh, uh, looking for a place, right? Mm-hmm. Can you take care of it? My mind is on this and that. Call, call the lady and get everything going. So I put her, she, 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 she is over that. I, I, I'm not, I had no part of that. She bring everything back and say, this is this and that. I say, okay, I'm fine with that, baby. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Any final words? Man, my final words is always this, man. All right. You can be a thug. <laughs> you can be in the streets. But always put the most high first, man. They tell me I'm a thug, but that's okay. I, I put the most high first. Always put the most high first. And the next thing, whoever the most high has put underneath your watchful care, you ought to provide and protect for them, all right? My baby, my kids, all these people that's put underneath my watch for care, listen, I'm willing to die for Do y'all hear me? I tell the most of time and time again, if I got to die for these people, then so be it. I did my part. He'll make sure they're taken care of. So I put the most high first, and I put them first. But I believe because you pray so much, you ain't got to worry about oh, that. Nah, no I ain't so going. I, I feel like you got so many no, The way he pray... I know I'm going to heaven off the strength of being with him. Like, I feel like I'm going right there like, what up, Jesus? I was with Kyrie. We prayed like seven times a day. We was reading the Bible. Remember me? Like, I feel like because I'm connected to you and I love God that I got a strong chance. Right. Even, <laughs> even, even I, we, I know we need to shut this down, but I believe it's First Corinthians chapter 7 said, and the unbelieving wife, not saying my wife is unbelieving, I'm just giving the point what the scripture said. Who knows, even an unbelieving wife might be saved by the husband, and an unbelieving husband might be saved by the conversation or the lifestyle of the woman. Mm. And so she got a point there, all right? And listen, I got to pray, man. Listen, I play basketball, I, I fight, I do whatever. I, you freaky? I, I freak you, I, I gun you down. If I, but me, I have to pray because I know me. I might black out. I might see red. But see, I the most I got to keep me, man. I I got to stay praying for my family, my wife, my my kids. I got to stop keep yes, praying for on a job, man. And because I pray so much, man, the most I got my back, man. I keep, I give you a example, man. One person on the job, he was you know he was bothering me. You know what happened? What? Most I gave him a heart attack. And you know where he at? Where? Six feet under. Mm. Because he was messing with me. Mm. You know what happened to me? This lady was bothering me on a job. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Me and you prayed. And she go. Get her out of here. How, <laughs> how, how soon after that was she out of there? Man, she was going fast. Man. We ain't heard from that lady since. Listen, I remember like yesterday, man. It was like, uh, what, it was like 2.50 in the morning, 2.50 a.m. in the morning. Crying out Man, we got up. I said, baby, we about to pray, man. This plant matter. She got to go. She got to go. Man, we got an email saying, as of today. She no longer the over the plant. <laughs> and I try to tell people all the time. They think I be boosting. They think I may be a narcissist. They can call me whatever they want to call me, but I'm a child of God. And I tell people all the time, when you fuck over me, when you think you played me, when you think you've bamboozled me, when you've done me wrong, when you've done me dirty, it's nothing that I have to wish on you. I let you have that because what God is going to do to you is going to be so much more worse. It's going to be so much better than I could ever have done to you. So I say that to say this. 
When you are a child of the God, you walk by faith and not by sight. You don't have to worry about anything. You pray about it and you let it be done. We are not perfect, but we have an obligation. I have an obligation more than anything because, as you guys know, I would be what you would refer as a first lady, an elect lady. And so I have an obligation now to speak more about God, to speak more about the truth, to speak more to my people because of the predicament that I'm in. I didn't know that I was going to be in this predicament. I'm Miss Funny Girl. I'm Miss Ha Ha Ha. I'm Miss Talk Shit. But guess what? It comes a time and a place for those things. And it is a time and a place right now. We are in dire need more than anything right now. Okay? They say the kids are our future. We in motherfucking trouble. Do you hear what I'm trying to tell you? If you not praying, if you not on your knees, if you not in that Bible, I'm scared for you. I'm going to leave you with the last word. One last words. All right? The most I put this on my spirit, I got to say this to somebody else. Listen, I'm a man on my purpose, man. I'm a man on my purpose. I believe in being on my purpose, preaching, uh, helping people out. Uh, I got more books to come out. Uh, but let me say this, and I'm going to end with this. <clears throat> I'm not intimidated by my woman. Mm, Fellas, me. never be intimidated by your woman. I ain't talking about being scared in the aspect of she going to leave you and all. What I'm saying, though, never dim your woman's light. All right. I support my woman. All right. 100%. Even even in Detroit Metro, because I just moved over here not too long ago, a few years ago. So she 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 grew up here. So she's prominent in Detroit. All right. She prominent. She know way more people. All right. She got access to way more connects than I do. All right. I'm just now building myself up in Detroit uh, Metro back in Muskegon. Yeah, I'm known. That's oh. different. <laughs> known big time. But over here, I'm just building myself. <laughs> but but I say all that to say this, because she's prominent. She a comedian, uh, whatnot, and and, and she's been working in corporate America for a long time. I'm not intimidated by that. All right, never dim your woman's light, so that yours a little brighter. Mm. Root her own and support her even in her purpose you heard as she supports you. That's right. Y'all heard it from a real man right here. Because some of y'all be trying to dim the women light. Get out of her way. Because if your woman winning, you winning, all right? Stop being a hater. Tell her what the man be saying when I'm out there with you. Oh, the men always come up to him and be like, you so quiet, man. I appreciate you, man. You different from the other men. You don't even be tripping or nothing, man. You just let her do her thing. And I be looking at them like, dang, that must mean that a lot of women have men that prohibit them from being on their purpose because of their insecurities. You know, it's many times that I'm out into 2 o'clock in the morning because I'm telling jokes or whatever. You're not blowing up my phone. You're not bothering me to the point where I can't focus, I can't tell a joke because you know I'm out here on my purpose. And you secure enough to know that, hey, if this is not the woman for me, God going to bless you with somebody else. So those are conversations that we don't even have. We don't trip over those things, right? We walking in our purpose, we walking in love, and we walking off of the strength of what the Lord says. That's it. That's all. That's the verdict. All right, y'all. Dig this. <clears throat> we had a time tonight. A lot of people didn't watch it. Uh, but guess what? It's all good. Once again, Mr. Arthur Kyrie Beckham, he released his book. You guys can find it right here on Amazon or on Barnes & Nobles. Also, if you're looking for a sponsorship opportunity, I have those things Please, please, please hit me up, 313-753-2696. If you're able to, come on out September 28th to The Real Friends of Comedy, hosted by your boy Mike Chase. I am on the lineup along with Juicy, Shannon, Simply Chanel, uh, so many other people. Come out and support. 
Once again, you already know what it is. It's your favorite funny girl, comedian, Judge Miles. You already know that when a judge is in, the verdict is out. Until next time, make sure you guys leave a comment, share, subscribe, all of the above. Did you have a good night tonight? Have a good night. Don't forget to go get this one. Saving lives. Saving lives. All right, y'all. And we-